This is John Shannon with Radio Free Galisteo, and I am speaking with Miranda Viscoli, who is the co-president of New Mexicans to Prevent Gun Violence. Miranda, welcome, and thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Galisteo is amazing. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you very much. We all like it. (laughs) Miranda, tell us a little bit about New Mexicans to Prevent Gun Violence. So we began back in 2013 after the Sandy Hook shooting. Tomorrow's the ninth anniversary of the Sandy Hook shooting, and we were just a group of concerned citizens and residents of New Mexico that were um, concerned about gun violence not only nationally but also what was happening in New Mexico. Um, At the time, I knew nothing about guns. I knew nothing about the NRA. Um, In fact, I was getting my Ph.D. in Mexican modernism, so, I mean, I knew nothing. Um, But I put down that research, and I started researching the NRA and the corporate gun lobby and was shocked to find out what was going on in our country, and especially in New Mexico, how they had um, had a lot of control in our legislature to make sure no common-sense gun violence prevention laws could ever be passed. Do we have any in this state? We do. So <laughs> the first, um, the first uh, piece of legislation we went out after was a, simply a background check. And um, we got a lot of grief for it, so we watered it down to just closing the gun show loophole, meaning that if you went to a gun show and wanted to buy 10 firearms, you had to get a background check. Up until then, people could just go and buy those guns. Mm -hmm. Um, It took us four years to finally pass a comprehensive background check law. Um, We also passed a law to get guns out of the hands of domestic violence offenders under protective orders, as well as an extremist firearm protection order, and that we really went after because of suicide. So if somebody is suffering, a family member can go to law enforcement and they go to the judge and say, hey, we actually don't think it's a safe time for this person to have the gun. We really try to work on legislation that is about prevention and not about putting young men of color in jail longer. We have to be very careful with that, especially since with our private multi-billion dollar prison industry here in New Mexico. So we really try to get on the prevention side and not the incarceration side of gun violence prevention. Those are common sense laws that have been put in place. Uh, I'm sure you have ideas for more. But before we do that, what else? You do a gun buyback, right? Are you you're yeah. part of that? So, so what we also did when we when we first started, um, we had to get gain trust in our communities. So we actually created a multi pronged approach on the issue of gun violence prevention because not one thing is going to stop gun violence. It's a multifaceted problem that demands a multi pronged approach. So the first we had our door slammed in our face for a good two years. Then people started to trust us, realizing we're not trying to take away law-abiding gun owners' guns. Hunters can go hunting all they want. We don't, that's not our problem. It was about gun violence prevention. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we first started working in the schools doing a program called the Student Pledge Against Gun Violence. And that had been a national program, so we brought that here. And it allowed youth to create gun violence prevention events and talk about the issue of gun violence, the issue of gun violence in schools. We have a real problem in New Mexico. The news is not covering how many times kids are bringing guns into schools. Then we also started this crazy um, idea called, they're called Guns to Gardens Gun Buybacks. Mm -hmm. And so we fund the gun buyback. We give grocery cards, Amazon cards, Target. We don't like to give cash because we don't want somebody selling five old guns and then going out and buying a brand new semi-automatic handgun, right? Mm -hmm. And so after the, we dismantle them on site. We do it with police so they can run it through. It's called the NICS system. 
And if it's a stolen gun, it goes back to its owner. Crime guns go into evidence, but we've never received one, and we've taken in over a thousand guns because mm. somebody doesn't commit a crime and then say, "I want a free Albertsons card with the gun." <laughs> right? It just <laughs> it doesn't happen. Right. Maybe sometime it will, but it doesn't. And so, but that's a one that program is important because it allows. We have a lot of gun owners that either are widows, maybe their husband or or wife is suffering from dementia, a lot of grandparents, a lot of um, parents just don't want that gun in the home anymore, but they know if they sell it, it could still end up in unsafe hands. Even with the background check law, it could still get stolen. Somebody could not you know, abide by the background check law and sell it to somebody who shouldn't have it. So this way, the gun is dismantled on site, and then I actually drive the, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, gun pieces to uh, Colorado, where a group of Mennonites, um, but they're, they're um, nonprofits called Raw Tools, and they weld them into gardening tools. Oh, wild. And then we sell those. Oh, very good. Where can people find those? You can go to our website at www.newmexicans2preventgunviolence.org, as well as on our Facebook page. Okay, wonderful. And if someone wanted to just turn in a gun whenever, what should they do? They can contact me. I, I pick up guns all over the state. <laughs> so if they, it's a gun if people, yeah. I can't. We can't give. I know. Really, we can't give um, grocery cards for those that we don't pick up with a gun buyback because that would be considered a sale. Uh-huh. And then we'd have to go get a background check, and right. that costs forty dollars or whatever. So if somebody just has guns that they want to get rid of, mm-hmm. um, we will go and take them, dismantle them. We even video, you know, on our phone, film it so they can see that it was actually indeed cut up, and we sure. send that to them so they never have to worry about it again. How often do you do the gun? buyback um we try to do two or three a year we just did one in santa fe three or four weeks ago right um that was our fourth one in santa fe we took in i think 79 firearms i don't have the numbers yet as to how many were semi-automatic handguns assault weapons long guns but in our over a thousand guns that we have already taken in close to 40 percent of them have been semi-automatic handguns semi-automatic rifles and assault weapons Hmm. Okay, full disclosure, I'm a gun owner. I'm also a hunter. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> I am not worried about you. Well, no, thank you. Thank you. Well, I've got a little bit of background, and, you know, some, some time in the military, et cetera. But as you mentioned, probably at the outset, you had a lot of people who were concerned or worried that uh, you, know, you were going to come into their home and take their gun away. I mean, what, what's, what's helped, I guess, time and and the success of your program has shown people that that's not what you're about. But uh, what's what was your argument, or what has been your argument that really helped? They we're really on the side of prevention. Yeah. I mean, that really is. Hunters are the safest gun owners I know. Mm. If we were just dealing with hunters in this country, I'd be working on something else. It's, yeah. That's not the issue. There are many law-abiding gun owners of this country, and we have no problem with them. In fact, we have a lot of gun owners in our group, mm-hmm. um, which has also helped. I think it just took it took a lot of time. It was... It was actually in Pewaukee. Um, the Pewaukee School Board asked us to do a presentation, and we had been around for a couple of years on the issue of gun violence prevention. And I remember walking in, and the president of the school board said, thank you very much. We look forward to hearing your presentation. I assumed he was talking about somebody else. Nobody ever treated us like that. I'm like, who's he talking to? And then I was like, oh, it's us. And then the NRA was there, and the representative stood up and said, this is an anti-gun group. And um, they should not be allowed to participate. And the president said, thank you very much. Let's begin. And to me, that was was the turning point. Mm -hmm. I thought we are finally getting somewhere where people are asking us to present. They're not slamming a door in our face. We're not having to call 20 times to just simply talk about what's going on with our youth in terms of 
gun violence. I'm going to talk about the NRA and you guys real quick. So has, uh, <laughs> clearly from that encounter, they've, they've made a, a certain number of assumptions about what your goals are, which don't seem to be completely accurate. <laughs> Have you had any kind of <clears throat> cooperation with the NRA at all? Like, I, I am not anti-gun. Right. I don't care if you're a gun owner. I will have nothing to do with the NRA. I mm-hmm. call them our homegrown terrorist organization. They, are, they and the gun lobby are responsible for, way too, for thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of deaths in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, since we've been in existence, we have blocked every single one of their bills. I have no tolerance for the NRA. I, I do not associate with them. I do not. If you tell me you're an NRA member, I'm, you know, I'll still talk to you. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. I think what they've done to this country, <laughs> but he's not, don't worry. <laughs> I think what they've done to this country is, it's tragic. Mm-hmm. It is truly tragic what they've done. And way back in the day, they were really about gun safety and, and making sure yeah. and training. And they're not that anymore. They're on the crazy time. And so, it, it's no, certainly, I don't it's, I mean, it's very, 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 very politicized at this point. And it's about them, I, well, it seems like it's about them making money. That's all it's about. It's about them selling as many guns as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in New Mexico, until, again, I mean, to toot our own horn, but there was nobody fighting them. I mean, nobody. They were getting away with murder, literally, mm-hmm. in this state. They were making sure that there were no, anybody and their brother could possess a firearm, any kind of firearm, take it wherever they want, into bars, into mm-hmm. the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Finally, that stopped. Yeah, I, I have nothing good to say about the National Rifle Association. Okay, well, there you go. That answers that question. Clearly, you have developed a relationship with the police department, certainly in Santa Fe, Santa Fe County. Is that expanding? Yeah, so we do, when we do our gun buybacks, we do them, um, try to do them all over New Mexico, including Las Cruces, Taos, Española, Los Alamos, um, Santa Fe. Right now, we're, we're working on to try to get one in Farmington. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our more conservative areas don't want them, so we're really trying to, you know, I know push that comfort envelope and say, hey, this is just about getting these unwanted guns out of here. Um, to date, we've done 13 gun buybacks. We always do them with law enforcement, either a police department or a sheriff's department, because it's just safer. Um, they help us make sure the guns aren't loaded mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. run it through the NICS system. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so we, we do work with law enforcement, but we also work, for instance, with the Violence Intervention Program in Albuquerque. We're paying the stipends right now for youth who have been incarcerated, who have done something perhaps unfortunate with a firearm, are out of jail, and they now are going to try to re- reach those youth, uh, mostly in Albuquerque, but I'm trying to get it going here in Santa Fe as well, to reach youth before they pick up a gun and do something stupid with Muhammad. And they're, they're credible messengers. I'm not that credible messenger. Right? Sure. Um, neither are you. I mean, it has to be somebody who's, who's lived that life. Yeah. And they are yeah. doing an amazing, amazing work, and the recidivism rate is extremely low of, of those youth going and um, picking up a gun again. This is Radio Free Galisteo. Music and information from the Galisteo Basin. Radio Free Galisteo is listener supported. Go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com and click on our Patreon support button to become an active supporting member of Radio Free Galisteo.
Okay, so what's next for the group? Next for the group, so what are we doing? Right now we also have a crazy program called Murals to End Gun Violence. And so we're working on our 11th gun violence prevention mural. We do these at schools or gang intervention centers. And this one is at um, Mark uh, Armijo Charter School in Albuquerque. Mm. And the youth literally um, get together, and we hire a facilitator right now. It's um, a lovely man named uh, Manuel Hernandez, who's the teacher. We also work with Warren Montoya from Resonate Art, and they facilitate the mural, and we have gun violence prevention murals throughout New Mexico that youth have created. And so we're in the middle of doing that and then also working on legislation. How do people get involved with either of those things? Well, the murals tend gun violence. We There's not a lot of involvement in that we hire the um, artist, and then I, I'm there the whole time getting lunches and stuff like that for them. But if people want to volunteer, they can reach out to me. Um, go, go, ahead and go to our website, and you'll, our contact information is on there. And do you want to say it again and yeah. your contact information? Yeah. <laughs> Just go to www.newmexicans2preventgunviolence.org or call us at 505-984-3058. Okay. So you've mentioned what you've done with, with regard to legislation here in New Mexico. What would you consider is uh, at least your, your what's, a, what's a crowning achievement for, um, for the organization? I, I think definitely passing those three laws mm-hmm. has been, was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, if the, the domestic violence law, I, somebody told me it would take four years to pass it. I'd be like, you're crazy. Why would anybody want somebody who's violent towards their partner to keep their firearms? And so that, that was a shock to me. Um, right now we actually are... Through a through a foundation, got funding to hire a woman named Sheila Lewis, who's a, an attorney, to train law enforcement, domestic violence folks, and people working in the mental health world to train them on how to use an extremist protection order, because we realize passing law is only as good as the training. Yeah. So we're we're training throughout all of New Mexico. Thanks to Zoom, it's pretty easy. So that's our crown. I would say one of our crowning achievements. And then we really hope. Not this year, but next year that the governor will create an Office of Gun Violence Prevention Intervention. That's our next big move. The reason why is that we put almost no funding in gun violence prevention in the state. In fact, we put $20 million every year in DUI or DWI. Mm -hmm. And that's actually good. It's showing a reduction in DWI. But three times as many people are shot and killed in the state than DWI, and we're not putting a penny into it. Hmm. And so what we really are pushing for is the creation of an Office of Gun Violence Prevention Intervention so we can get ahead of this. And again, that's on the prevention side. It's, it's about, you know, making sure that we have violence intervention programs in every city in New Mexico. It's about making sure that we are getting gun locks to parents. That's another one of our big programs. It's about creating a, it's called the Gun Shop Project, where you train gun shop owners to understand the signs of suicidal ideation so that they don't sell that gun to a person. Mm-hmm. The, the problem of gun violence in the United States is, by many, considered a public health issue. It's a, I call it our other pandemic. We've been calling it a pandemic for four years, and it is. I mean, we are losing, in New Mexico, we're losing one or more people every single day, close to three children every single month. And those numbers are really bad when it comes to a, a state the size of what we're a little bit over two million. Right. Um, right. There's nothing else that is killing people like this, and we're doing so little about it. That's what, that's what I don't understand, is that... Well, there's no federal funding no. <laughs> for, to, to study it as a public health issue. No, I mean, the good thing is, weirdly enough, under the Trump administration, the, the Dickey Amendment happened so that CDC couldn't do any research. 
And when this guy, um, Dickey, I think his name is Richard Dickey or James Dickey, when he died, when he was on his deathbed, he actually felt remorseful that he had stopped that. So his wife worked with several doctors, and somehow during the Trump administration, they got $25 million, and it's not much, mm. to do funding throughout states. Well, New Mexico, the Department of Health worked very hard to apply for some of that money, and so it's called a faster grant. Mm -hmm. And so they're actually now collecting data so that we have, because we, we've been flying blind with no data. We don't know where the real hot spots are, except for looking at the news, right? right. But in terms of suicide, and getting on the prevention side, getting that data is crucial. Who's doing the work? Who's doing the studies? Um, that's, so that's going through the New Mexico Department of Health. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's never boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More, more, more to come from that. So uh, longitudinal study, is it? I mean, they're yeah. looking over how many, how many years do they hope to? I think they're doing it for five years. I'm not sure. In fact, I... Sh I I probably shouldn't talk much, say much more about it because I really don't know, okay. and I don't want to put misinformation out there. Uh, but it's just great that we have it and that we're collecting the data. It's like, come on, everybody else is. <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, thank you. Um, interesting to know, and thanks for uh, informing us as far as you can. Thought, yeah, exactly. I just, I really don't know, and I don't want to, you know, just as I said, put misinformation out there. No, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> What's the most important message you, you have for our listeners? I think the most important message is that if you own a firearm or know somebody who owns a firearm and you're just getting a sense that it's not the right time to have that gun, that maybe your son's seeming a little bit depressed or maybe your husband is, you know, drinking too much and, and losing his temper a lot and there are guns in the home, get rid of the guns. You don't want to be on the side where you're going to a funeral. Mm-hmm. And you just have to trust your instincts. I don't, I, and that, and lock your freaking guns up, you know? I mean, the, the amount of access our youth have to firearms in this state, um, the amount of guns that are getting stolen in this state, lock up your guns. If you're going to be a gun owner, be a responsible gun owner and lock it up. Get a gun safe. You know, we have free gun locks. You need a free gun lock, we'll mail it to you. But I think it's really important that we remember that there are times when it's not the right time to have a gun in your home, especially during the holidays. You know, just listen to your instincts. Ask a friend to hold them. You know, get them out of the house until you feel like it's an okay time. If you have a family member that's suddenly getting dementia, that's a good time to just get rid of that gun. And these are things that nobody ever thinks of. New parents oftentimes aren't thinking, oh, should I have that pistol sitting on the, on the counter anymore? No, right? <laughs> so not a good idea. <laughs> that that if I could preach that to my last day of life, that's what I would preach. Is that just listen to your instincts? I know way too many. I know more people now who have been victims of gun violence than haven't, and that is because of the work. The I nature do. of the work. But having having walked down, having walked in their shoes, just get rid of the gun if you need mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. Do you mean you have personal experience with it? I don't. I actually don't. Okay. I know. I actually, do have, you know, knock on wood. You gave your initial motivation for why. So right. I, no, I, I never have, and I, I cope it continues. Just I, I know a lot of people now who are victims. Tragically, the majority of those are students, are youth. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were working on a mural in the International District, and one of the people we were working on it with, he had just been shot two months before. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I mean, it's I, I, every classroom I go into when we're working on gun violence prevention, I say, how many of you people know somebody or have been a victim of gun violence? Always 90% of them raise their hand. Right. It's destroying our, our youth or are beyond heartbroken on this issue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to add? Guns do kill people. <laughs> okay. Final thoughts? Uh, guns do kill people. The NRA will tell you that they don't, but they do. Okay. I'm, I'm tempted to ask about um, uh, Alec Baldwin and what happened on that movie set. Because at this point, he's saying the gun did it. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> you know, you know, my you know my feeling is about the Rust set. Yes, it was extremely tragic. Yeah, and we do need to look at safety. I have a lot of friends that work in the film industry. We need to look at safety across the board on what's going on at film sets. Yeah, but can you imagine if every time somebody in New Mexico is shot and killed, and CNN camped out and covered it? We're losing more than one person every single day, and that's not to say it wasn't tragic. She was a mother. She was oh, a talented filmmaker, but. When, it, it's a, when it's about celebrities, we are watching. Mm-hmm. When it's about our youth that are getting shot at every single day in Albuquerque, it's covered on the news for 30 seconds. That's what I'd say about Rust. It was a tragic accident, mm-hmm. but it is a reminder of how easy it is for a gun to go off, oh, especially sure. with kids. Those triggers are so light. I mean, look at the sad tragedy last week where the two-year-old was shot and killed. Right. I mean, that is beyond tragic. Yeah. I, I I'm so sad for that family and that yeah. officer, yeah. but these semi-automatic handguns right now, you barely have to touch that trigger for right. them to go off, right. and that's what we don't remember. With regard to rust and all of that, I mean, uh, again, as a, a gun owner myself and also as a former military person, the idea that that would have actually gotten into someone's hand loaded is it's just incredible to me. It's beyond belief. I think it shows how little people really think about how dangerous a firearm is. Yeah, and and I think it's a real, I mean, it's a complete lack of understanding. Exactly. That's it. It's completely unforgiving. Yeah, no, it it does. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it's, you know, but we live in a society, thanks to the NRA and the corporate gun lobby, that, you know, you can can buy guns in New Mexico, carry them around, open carry. Mm -hmm. The fact Mm -hmm. that I can go right now and buy a, an assault weapon and walk around with it loaded up and down the street, not knowing how it works, is something we may want to look at. Food for thought. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, pass some legislation that everybody who owns a gun has to take some gun safety classes. Yeah, well, hunters do. Exactly. That's why they're not our problem. That's right. All right. Well, you have been listening to Miranda Viscoli who is the co-president, the co-president of New Mexicans to Prevent Gun Violence. Miranda, thank you for being here. Thank you very much. You're very, very welcome. And for Radio Free Galisteo, I'm John Shannon. Radio Free Galisteo is listener supported. If you go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com, you can find our Patreon support button. Click it and become an active supporter of this podcast.